Welcome home, Brother Richard. We're glad to see you. <laughs> oh, let's see. And we're and and uh, so right after service, we're going to have a fellowship meal. So don't run off. Uh, uh, we'll enjoy some good food and and some good fellowship. Uh, let's see. Our meditation for this week. Our meditation scriptures for this week are First Corinthians three thirteen and Matthew five forty four. First uh, Corinthians thirteen thirteen. Well, I messed that up when I said it the first time. Anyways, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 uh, says, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. So our confession, I remain in faith, hope, and love, and love is the greatest of these. Praise God. 
All right. So our, our second um, uh, meditation scripture for the week is Matthew 5:44 out of the King James. It says, "But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you." So our confession: I love my enemies. I bless them that curse me. I do good to them that hate me. And pray for them which despitefully use me. And persecute me. As Jesus has commanded. Well, praise God. So other upcoming events. Uh, um, the art, This is a reminder for the art trip. The uh, deposits are due today if you're still planning on going. Uh, just... Uh, get with either me or, or Robbie uh, before you leave today, and, and get us those deposits. Uh, let's, and, or you can leave them in your, uh, you can put them in your uh, offering envelope if you want to, and just write for, you know, Ark deposit on there as a memo. All right. So upcoming events: uh, Communion Sunday. We're going to have communion on March the third coming up. Uh, March seventeenth, of course, is the uh, uh, the remaining Ark trip money will be due. And then March uh, 19th through 21st, uh, the, uh, Brother Randy's going to be in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee with Contending Faith Bible Conference. If anybody's interested in going, me and Robbie have the information, or it's up on the bulletin board. Uh, March 31st is Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. All right. Uh, April 18th through the 20th is going to be our Ark Encounter and Creation Museum trip. And then uh, April 30th, through May 2nd will be uh, uh, the uh, Brother Randy's uh, Authority Over Devils and Seducing Spirits Seminar in Dayton, Tennessee. We're looking forward to that. That's a new one. All right. Uh, and then, of course, Generation Life Youth Camp's coming up July 8th through the 12th. All right. So, Derek, you ready to do our new confession? Yes, I know. I'm just, I'm just going to hand it to you so you'll have it. <laughs> All right. And we, we thank you that, that uh, you will lead and guide me and Robbie and give us the words that need to be spoken, the words that are just right for those that are here and those that are seeking your word, those with open hearts and open minds that will hear your word and it will, get, it will fall on good ground and it will bear fruit in their lives and the lives of those they come in contact with. Because we share your word, Lord. We share your word with those we come in contact with. That is your commandment for us. That is your, your, your number one thing other than loving each other, is to, to share the news with everyone. And, and part of loving them is sharing it. So we do that, Lord. We thank you. Satan, we bind you in Jesus' name. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You will not interfere here. You have no right or authority here. You must leave. You must flee in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this service. Amen. Good morning, disciples. Uh, let's stand up and do our new confession together. <laughs> okay, we are a holy nation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, chosen by God himself for this day, in this hour, to bring in the latter rain and the calling away from the church. We are not a Laodicean church. Our mouths and our hearts are one. 
in our love and zeal for God. We speak the truth and protect the truth. Amen. We walk in God's steady stream of power and provision in Jesus Christ's name. Yeah. 
will not apologize for singing at the top of my lungs. Later today, I will watch a football game, but today, I sing, I praise at the top of my lungs. Lord of heaven and earth. For we Jesus Christ is my superstar. Yeah. Glory yeah. to yeah. you, Lord Jesus. Glory, Glory to you, Father God. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Baby, don't get But your light is greater You light our way, God You light our way When evil is rising Your right is Breathing and hope in the brain. 
One more time. You're my best of pieces. I will live my life for you. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, Lord. You are our Prince of Peace, Lord. You are our superstar. Glory, glory, glory. The Lord is looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. To worship God in the spirit means that you have to put voice to your to your praise. You know, many people say, well, I can just sit silently and worship. No, you can't. No, 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 you can't. God is a vocal God. God created the heavens and the earth with his voice. Everything that he does, he does by speaking. And, you're, and we were created as speaking spirits. And in order to worship God, we must speak. So once you stand up, let's just praise him a little bit more. Praise the Lord. Glory, Father. We worship your holy name. You are the most high, the king above all. We do honor you. Father, we give voice to our worship. Father, we praise you. Father, we glorify you. Father, we love you, Lord. You're the teacher, the light into our path. You lead and guide us and you provide all for us. You are a healer, our teacher. We are friends. Lord, we just love you, Lord. You are the most high. We praise your holy name. We glorify you and we... Oh, Lord, we just love you, Lord. We glorify your holy name. You are the mighty God, King of kings, holy of holies. We will worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, Lord. Praise your holy name. Father, we glorify you. Father, we magnify you. Father, we praise you. Father, we lift you upon high. Father, we give you all honor, glory, power, might, and dominion. We praise your holy name. You. We glorify you. You are the most high. We love you, Lord. We glorify you. We love you. We worship you. We worship you. You are the God of love, Lord. And we love you. We worship you. We magnify your holy name. You are the Lord of love. Yes, Lord, you are the victory. You are my victory. We praise your holy name. Derek, do you have something stirring in your spirit? Do you have a song in your spirit stirring? You either have it or you don't. Shaki'i Sedei Hassan. Yeah, I know. It's in the spirit. You ready to, you just going to sing it for me? Come on. Shondande Hassaki'i Sedei. Hasso. Ma Shaki'i Sedei. Maha Shaki'i. Shaki'i Shondande. I think we have power. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. Check Glory, 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 glory. Let's just continue to worship when you're ready, Derek. You just give what's in your spirit. Glory, 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 glory. We, glory. we love Father, you, Father, we do praise you. Are you. The most high. Father, we do honor kings. you. Father, we, we you, thank you for your we divine healing your power. Father, glory, glory, glory. In all things new, your blood. Glory, glory, 
speaks a better word. Glory, glory, your blood. Glory, glory, glory. Your righteousness, your blood. My hope and my defense, your blood speaks a better word, speaks a better word, is seen in our advice, is shouting down the
Brother James, come here, honey. Thank you, Lord. It's all right with y'all if we obey the Spirit this morning? Amen. All right, good, because we're going to do it anyways. Let's raise your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you for Brother James. Father, I thank you for this new season in his life. Father, I break the spirit of grief off of him. Off of this family. Father, I thank you. It's right there. It's right there. I thank you for imparting imparting everything that he needs for this new season of life. Father, moving him to a different place, a higher place, a deeper place. Father, I just help him in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father God, for infilling him in the spirit. Take a deep breath,
I hear the Lord declaring this. There are some here, even this morning in the house and online, you're trying to walk the line. You're trying to both live in the world and have my goodness. You can't do both, says the Lord. It's either my kingdom or Satan's kingdom. There is no in-between. You cannot walk with me and walk in the flesh, says the Lord. If you want the abundance that my son came to give you, you're going to have to choose the spirit. For I myself laid down my life. I gave my son. I separated him from me. I lost. I know what it is to lose, says the father. But in losing my son, I found my family. I found my life. I made a way for you. And now you have to make the same choice that I once made. You and you alone have to choose which God will you serve. You cannot serve both me and mammon. You cannot serve me and the world. You cannot serve me and your fleshly desires and lusts. You cannot serve me and go into the world. You must go after the world. You must make a choice, for I do not receive lukewarmness. It's far better for you to be just ice cold toward me than to be lukewarm. So I'm calling you out, and I'm telling you today, it is time to make a choice because you are running out of time. My son is coming quickly. And you know, you may know, know the days, the weeks, the months, and even the years may click by. Understand that he'll come like a thief in the night. You'll have no warning, and it'll be too late to be prepared. So you need to prepare now. Oh, Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, I, as one of the pastors of this church, Father, I know my husband's with me. Father, we commit ourselves to the things of the Spirit. Father, we commit to you. Father, not the things of the flesh, not the things of the world, not, your, not the world's money, not the world's finances. For, Father, we know that you are our provider. You are our caregiver. And that we'll not go without even when the world is without. Father, we thank you and we commit, we choose to commit our life to you this morning. And Father, I ask that you work on the hearts of every person that hears my voice. Father, that they would make the same choice, that they would make the same decision, and that they, by their own will, their own choice, and their own actions, would submit to you, that they would resist the devil and evict them from every atmosphere of their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, you can be seated this morning. You got something? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We can't always do things on our format and the way we want it. We've got to do things according to the way that the Lord wants it. And uh, when we do that, wonderful things take place. 
Amen. Glory to God. I'm just, well, what are you doing? I'm stalling. Right. <laughs> I'm stalling because I'm waiting on the Holy Ghost to uh, give clear direction. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory. Turn to Mark 16. Turn to Mark 16. Mark 16. Well, Pastor, you said that uh, we're going to be talking on love all month. Well, the Lord willing, we'll, we'll get there today a little bit. But we're going to follow the Spirit. Mark 16, starting in verse 15. Let's read 15 through 18. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Glory to God. No, this is this is the end of Mark's gospel. Mark's summing things up. Jesus at this point has ascended on high um, for the final time until his return. And this was the commandment that this was one of the last things that Jesus said. And Mark recorded it this way. He said, "Go ye into uh, go ye into all the world. Go go everywhere in your." Now, when it says going to all the world, a lot of people believe that that means having to travel overseas and things like that. No, it, though that is included, it means go into your realm of influence, your world, your bubble, your atmosphere. Go, and, and then he said, go ye into all the world and do what? Preach. Preach. Uh, the church is very confused as to what a preacher is. A preacher is not the pastor. A preacher is different than a pastor. A preacher, to to preach, simply means to proclaim or to talk about Jesus. That's what it means, to to proclaim. The word preach means to proclaim. So you you can preach and not be in the pulpit. In fact, here there's not even a pulpit to have because it said go into the world. Go to the people around you and talk to them about the gospel and it doesn't mean that you have to stand on a street corner and shout at people either like a crazy person right no or or bother people in walmart you know or or wherever you happen to be it just means that when you're speaking to people you share the good news yeah we should not be afraid to bring up our jesus shouldn't be uh preach the gospel what is the gospel you know, that was when I came into Christ, I was like, well, what, what, what's this gospel? Well, if you look up gospel, it means good news. What good news? The good news that Jesus loves you. Doesn't matter where you are, what, where you are in life. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you see yourself. It doesn't matter what people have said about you. It doesn't matter what... You know, I mean, I know people that, are, that, that, that see themselves as stark, dirty sinners. But you know what? That may be the truth of where you're at right now, but that doesn't mean you're unlovable. 
No, the, the good news is you are loved. Amen. You have been loved since you were placed in your mother's womb. You know, we, Michael and I did youth ministry for 17 years, and one of the biggest battles that we ever fought was the kids said, Mama and Daddy said I was a mistake. Mama and Daddy said I was an accident. Mama and Daddy said they never wanted me. Honey, if they didn't want you, they should have kept their pants on. I'm just not, I'm not trying to be rude, but uh, let's just be honest. It's not like we don't know where babies come from. Right. Uh, but here's the deal. God wanted you. God picked you. God chose you. If the Bible tells us that God knew us, in other words, he knew us intimately. He knew us personally. He knew everything about us before he ever even placed us in our mother's womb. Now, but if, it, it, but, but if God knows everything, why did all of the bad things happen to me? That wasn't God's plan. God, God's hope. See, see, everything that God does is motivated by love. God does not understand. He, because he doesn't, there's no sin in him, so he doesn't comprehend sin. There's no flesh in him, so he doesn't comprehend flesh. So when God sees an opportunity to put a baby in the earth, a spirit in the earth, his, all he sees is the potential that that baby can be because of love. Amen. That's it. Unfortunately, there's an enemy in this world. Unfortunately, there's an enemy in this world that influences people the wrong way. And people make bad choices and people make bad decisions and those choices and those decisions impact those sweet spirits oh but thank god god had enough understanding that there of our enemy that he had a plan and that plan is jesus and because of jesus Jesus can wash away, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, Jesus, now, now notice I said Lord and Savior. I didn't say Savior. I said Lord and Savior. Amen. Too many people make Jesus Savior, but not Lord. And the, in Romans 10, it says that if you'll confess the Lord Jesus, what's the difference? A Savior throws you a life preserver and gets you to shore, but you're still broken and you're still in a mess. But Lord, when you, when he, when you make him Lord, he enters into your life and he becomes your everything. Amen. And when he says, hey, I don't want you doing that anymore, you, you say, yay, Lord. Yes, Lord. When the Lord says, hey, I, I know you're used to cussing all the time. But you need to clean up your mouth because that's not how love talks. Okay, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. When the Lord says, hey, I, quit, quit, being, quit abusing yourself. Quit being mean to yourself. Quit putting junk in your body that's going to kill you. Yes, Lord. When the Lord says, hey, didn't I tell you that I love you? Yeah. Well, then why don't you tell yourself that I love you? Amen. Oh, okay. See, when he becomes Lord... Then whatever he says, that's what you do. And, and now let me tell you this. When I came into Christianity, nobody told me how to spell Christian. You want to know how to spell Christian? Yes. He's, he's been around a, a little while. How you spell Christian is W-O-R-K. It's spelled work. 
See, because you've got a lifetime. When you're giving somebody the good news, they have a lifetime of experience of the devil's work. But now they're going to have to go to work to figure out how to erase all of that history in their mind. See, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, instantly, I mean faster than I can snap my fingers, you are a born-again, you are a brand-new, born-again, recreated child of the living God. You're a resident of heaven. You are loved. You are washed clean. Your slate, boom, clear, like there's no, like you've never committed a sin. And the Father sees you through the blood-colored glasses of Jesus. He sees you in and through the blood. But the problem is, is you still see your old, sinner, unlovey self. And so you've got to change some things. So here he said, if thou shalt confess with... Oh, all right. This is, here we go. Romans 10, 9. They switched me. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... How do you get born again? How do you get that recreated loving spirit? You, you confess the Lord. You confess Jesus is Lord. He said, if you shall confess with your thoughts. No. No. With your mouth. No. Why? Because God creates with the mouth. Does it, say, does it say you shall confess with your heart or in your heart? No. no. It says with your mouth. Confess with your mouth and thou shalt believe where in your head in your heart in your heart many many people receive jesus in their head that's mental ascent and that brings zero change brings zero change in fact in the book of james james said that they were all like well we believe in god and he and james said well good so do the demons and they have enough sense to tremble they have enough sense to be fearful But see, so many people in the world go, oh, yeah, I believe in that. I believe in Jesus. But there's no respect. There's no reverence. There's no fear. They're like, he's a guy. He lived. Some people, you know, yeah, he'll get me to heaven. He's my ticket. No, no. Jesus is so much more than that. He said, thou shalt believe in your heart. This This is how I equate this. After doing youth ministry for so many years, uh, we just we had to figure out how to explain this to the teenagers because you know teenagers are full of hormones and emotions and you know mental mindsets. So we had to explain it to them this way. We said, "Have you ever gone to mom and dad and said, you know, have you ever got up like that morning, cleaned the house real good, whatever, because you wanted something from mom, you wanted to go to the movies, or you wanted money, or you wanted to have a sleepover, or something like that?" And they're all like, "Well, yeah." We're like, okay, have you ever had a day where you got up and you took care of some stuff and you did some stuff for mom or you just walked or maybe you didn't do anything for mom or dad, but you just walked up to them and just said, hey, dad, I love you. And they and dad went, what do you want? What do you want? And you go, no, dad, seriously, I don't want anything. I just sincerely need you to know and understand that though I can be a brat sometimes, I truly do love you. I truly do appreciate everything you do for me, and it's just real important for me that you know that I love you. That's the heart. That place that causes you to do that, that's your heart. When you, love, when you believe in that place, now believe, what does believe mean? Because your head will give you trouble. Believe simply means to trust. It's another word for faith. I trust in my heart. That God has raised Jesus from the dead. 
I trust. My head doesn't understand it. There's a lot of things in the Bible that I don't understand. I don't understand how Jonah lived in a whale for three days. Or big fish, whatever. I don't understand how he did that. I don't understand how Jesus was whipped beyond measure, which means more than 39 times, and was able to carry the cross and survive on the cross for six hours. I can't understand that. I don't understand how Paul was stoned to death and raised from the dead under his own, under his own, under the own, the anointing that was in him. I don't understand that. I don't understand how Stephen could get down on his knees and pray for them as they stoned him while his face shined like an angel. I don't understand that. I don't comprehend that. I don't comprehend how the, how the Lord separated the seas and the Israelites walked across on dry, not just not wet, soggy land, but dry land. They walked across on dry. I mean, they, they were up against it. The water separated. The land was dry. They walked across with no mud. And then here come Pharaoh's army, and the water went to the point that it drowned the army. How did that happen? I don't understand it. How did, how did Moses, how, how did he have the, the burning bush? It said that the bush was on fire, but yet it wasn't consumed. I don't understand how the, the three Jewish boys went in the furnace and then Jesus showed up and they came out without even smelling like smoke. I don't understand it. But in my, but in my heart, I know that it's true. I can't tell you how those things happen. I can't tell you how when a 13-year-old girl who had never prayed for anybody a day in her life laid her hands on me and prayed that I would have peripheral vision. And to this, I just went to the doctor this week. Guess what? He tested my peripheral vision. He said, man, you got perfect peripheral vision. Glory to God. Do I know how it happened? No. Other than she prayed, I received, God did the work. I don't know how. I don't know how it worked out that when Michael cut his foot with a chainsaw, all we did was speak the scriptures over his foot 300 times a day. And when they said, there's 110%, you are 110%, if not higher, chance you're going to get it. You're basically guaranteed to get an infection. I don't know how, when an infection tried to set up up in one day, we spoke the word, we exercised authority over Satan, and we never saw an infection. And his foot is healed. His foot is whole. He doesn't have a limp. He retired as a firefighter. Do I understand it? No. But I know that it happened. And I know that Jesus was raised from the dead. And I know that he's coming back. Now, thankfully, God doesn't say we have to understand everything. Glory to God. He says we have to believe. He says we have to have faith. He says we have to have trust. Hmm. Go ahead, you can speak out. That's right. That's right. He doesn't say we have to understand it. Thankfully, because, you know, a lot of things that God did, we don't understand. How God said, let there be light, and there was. It, it just was. We don't know why or how, it just was. It's mm-hmm. still here today. Yeah. Really? You know, thankfully, God God just wants us to trust him. You know, if I if I trust you, then that means that I'll give you everything. I give you everything I got, and I trust that you're going to take care of me. I lay my lay everything down, and I just say, he's going to take care of me. 
He's going to do it all for me, and I don't have to the worry. Watching, the wife's watching the wallet and the phone go. <laughs> but we don't do that with God. We, we, we treat him like our homie, which he is. He's our friend. But that's not all he is. We, 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 treat him, we treat him like a lifeguard. He saved us. Yes, he did. But, you know, a lifeguard pulls you out of the water, brushes you off, and you go, thanks, and you didn't, that's it. That's the last time you think about it. Right? Right? And you think back in. No one Jackie. But Jesus wants so much more. Yeah. He doesn't, yeah. He doesn't want us to drown, Derek. <laughs> Glory to God. Je- Jesus wants our love. He wants our trust. He wants us to, to look to him for everything. And, and, and you know, Jesus, Jesus is the Lord and uh, the Holy Spirit. They're all in one. Okay. So we, we're supposed to love them all. And they had they they loved us when we were unlovable. They 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 made a plan for us, and they they carried it out. Jesus hung on the cross, and 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 was whipped, and was beaten, and had thorns shoved into his head. Oh Lord! So that we wouldn't have to bear the 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 weight of our transgressions of our sins, that we wouldn't have to suffer. Through sickness or pain. He, he, he gave everything for us. He took care Glory of it all. All he God. wants for us to do is let him. Glory to God. You know, if, if, if you're here today and you have, you have a weight on you, lay it down at his feet. Glory to God. He wants to take it. Don't pick it back up. Don't go, oh, you know, my feet are healed, but they still hurt. No, your feet are healed. Glory to God. Glory to God. And yeah, they may still hurt for the moment, but they're recovering. They are healed. You have the victory because he, he gave it all so that you would have the victory. You know, when Pastor Mike handed Derek his wallet and I looked up, I was like, you know, it instantly my flesh went, oh, my God, what is he doing? Not that Derek's not trustworthy because he is. But, you know, flesh will automatically go, oh, I have to handle it. I, I'm the keeper. And honestly, when he handed his wallet and his phone to Derek, I mean, instantly my flesh went, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And then my spirit said, you know Jesus has him. And I went, oh, he's being Jesus right now. Okay, yeah, I'm good. But for that split second, I was like, oh. You know what? When your faith, when you're believing in Christ goes, <gasps> it's not the end of the world. It's not. When you mess up, when you make a mistake, when you go, well, I received Jesus, but I just can't get this thing right. Honey, don't sit there and wallow in your mistake. Repent, which means get up, change the direction that you're currently going, and go in the direction of Christ. And if you'll keep doing this, eventually you'll get it. See, God, eventually you'll get it. God loves us in spite of our mistakes. Yes, he does. You know, a lot of people say, well, why would he send us to hell then? Well, he's not. He's not. That's he, your choice. He made, the, he, he made the sacrifice and the choice and the plan so that we wouldn't have to go to hell. That's right. That's right. You know, he, didn't, he doesn't want any, anyone to go to hell. He wants Nothing. everyone no to come up to heaven with him. But he knows that, that he's given us free will and he's given us free choice and that we have, that we have to make that decision for ourselves. Yeah. 
He loves us. Even if we choose to go to hell, he still loves us. That's right. He still loves us. He'll and honor he, your respect. He'll honor your choice, but he won't have, but he doesn't like it. Glory to God. Notice it said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt be saved. But I need you to understand that's the beginning of the walk. That's not the end of Christianity. That's the beginning. Amen. And, and once, you be, once you make him the Lord of your life, then it's time to go to work. It's time to become that new creation. It's time to become Oops. that new creation. See, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you instantly become something that's never been created before on the inside. But we have to work to bring that thing, that new creation that's on the inside. And yeah, I called it a thing, but you know what? Do you know that this is so incredibly cool? I thought when I first saw it at Christmas time this year, I thought, now wait a minute. When the angel appeared to Mary uh, and, and was, was uh, or to Elizabeth, Mary and Elizabeth, he actually, the angel actually said, the thing that has been conceived in you, talking about Mary, the, he, he called Jesus in the womb a thing. And what that word thing means is it means something that's been created that has never been before. And so when you become born again, in that instant of the moment on the inside, you become a thing. It's in Luke. Mm-hmm. It's in Luke. I'll show it to you right here. Yeah, we're, I thought, we're right there anyways. I thought, how? what in the world did he call it? Right here in Luke one thirty five, he says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Uh, therefore also that holy thing, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. See, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, a holy thing is conceived in you, and it's called the recreated, born-again human spirit. Amen. Let me say that again. With the moment that you receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and your, as your Lord and Savior, the moment you believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth, you become a new thing. That new thing is the born-again, recreated human spirit. But then you have to go to work bringing what's on the inside to show up on the outside, on the outside. Now, let's go back to, Luke, to Mark. Mm-hmm. One page back. One page back if you have the right Bible. And it said, go into all the world and preach or proclaim this good news, the gospel, to every creature or every creation. Now, when I came into Christ, I took that very literal. I would preach to my dishes while I was doing the dishes. How much you know they're a creature, they're a, creature, they're a creation. I'd preach to my dogs. I'd preach to my birds. I'd preach with the time we had fish. I'd preach to my fish. I'd preach to the grass. I'd preach to the trees. I'd preach driving down the road. I'm preaching to the clouds. How much you know they're a creation. I'm preaching to all of it. 
What am I doing? I'm practicing my proclaiming. I'm practicing my preaching. Why? Because the whole earth cries out for God. Amen. The whole earth wants God. All of creation. All of creation. And so I find it interesting. We were out of the church for 12 years. And during those 12 years, you know, towards the end of the 12 years, and then when, you know, things got really rough and we were really very much so into the world. um, And then God got my my attention first and we came back into this body. um, I, I, I got born again and I noticed something. I noticed that people would preach or proclaim Jesus Exactly. What? Can't hear you. They would preach or proclaim. They'd stand real close to each other because I worked retail. They'd stand real close to each other and they'd say, man, did you, how did, did you enjoy church last night? Or I got to tell you, we had an incredible church. They're talking real soft, but it's everywhere. But the world's like, with all their exploits and all their craziness. And I'm thinking, And I remember thinking, why are the Christians so quiet? Because of fear. They're fearful. They're fearful. But he said, and they're not following this command. See, their conversation automatically, you get somebody that's committed to God, and their conversation will automatically turn to God. Automatically. Automatically will turn to God. Why? Because they're, because part of the new creation Knows its job is to preach, so it'll go. So he said, so he wasn't he wasn't telling you to do anything that your spirit's not ready for. Your spirit's ready for it. What's not ready for it is your flesh. He said, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Next verse. It's okay. He that believeth. He that believeth. So we just talked about believing. If you believe in Jesus Christ and is baptized. Now, I'm going to kick a few sacred cows. Are you ready for some sacred cows to be kicked? This does not mean water baptism. This does not mean water baptism. Water baptized, Being water baptized will not save you. It's a good thing, though. It will not. In the book of Hebrews, it tells us that there's doctrines of Christ, and in the doctrines of Christ, there's baptisms, plural, plural. There's three baptisms. The first baptism is the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the living water. The word baptized simply means to be completely submerged. So in order for you to be baptized, you need to be completely submerged. In Christ. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Well, we just read how you get saved. How do you get saved? Come on, church. How do we get saved? We confess with our mouth. There we go. Believe with your mouth or confess with your mouth. Believe believe in your your heart. heart. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Whichever way you want to say it. We just read that. So if this means you have to be water baptized to be saved, then the word contradicts itself. Right. The word never contradicts itself. 
This is not talking about water baptism. This is talking about totally submerged in the living water of Christ. You have to be totally submerged. In other words, the living water of Christ has to come into your human spirit and wash away the old man. It has to wash away your sins. The living water of Christ has to wash away your past. The living water of Christ has to come in you and cleanse you from the inside out. That's this, so this baptism, so he that believeth and is baptized in the living water of Christ, they've received Jesus as their Lord and Savior by confessing with their mouth and believing in their hearts shall be saved. If you will not do, because there's a, now let me tell you this. There's a lot of people out there, and I'm sorry to say this. Maybe this is for somebody online. Maybe, I don't know. There's a lot of people out there that believe in Jesus in their head, but not in their heart. But they've been water baptized, and they think they're heaven bound, and they're not. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you don't believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and have the living water baptism, Jesus coming in you and recreating your heart of stone, then you are not born again. It says, but he that believeth not. Does it say he that is not dipped in the water? No. No. Does it say he that is not baptized? No. No. It says he that believes not. Is what? Damned. Damned. Whose responsibility is it to believe? Ours. The believers. The persons. The individuals. So if somebody going to hell is based on their their choice to believe or not believe, uh, is it God's fault that somebody goes to hell? Nope. Because God didn't put God didn't hold them down and go, "You are not allowed to believe." Therefore, I can send you down. That's. Yeah, he doesn't, not everybody gets to go to heaven. Because if we, if God forced us to go to heaven or God forced us to go to hell, then there's no free will. There's no free will. He said, he that believeth and is is baptized in uh, in the living water of Christ shall be saved. And he that believeth not in Christ in their heart shall be damned. I'm kind of filling in. I'm putting the two scriptures together, you see. Let's keep going. And then these signs shall follow them that believe. Oh, my goodness. So, if you are born again, if you are born again, you've got Jesus on the inside, you qualify for these signs to follow you. You qualify for these signs to follow you. But notice it says, these signs shall follow them that what? Believe. Believe. So, you have to believe that Christ is your Lord and Savior, but you also have to believe in these signs. If you don't believe in these signs, then these signs aren't going to follow you. Because if it automatically happened, everybody would be casting out demons, and we wouldn't have any demon problems. Amen. If, everybody, if, if these signs just automatically went with you, there would be no debate in the church if being spirit-filled was of God and speaking in, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, because everybody would just automatically do it. If... Uh, if it was, if these signs just automatically followed you, then we could just walk around touching each other and nobody would have any sickness. No, that's not how that works. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. believe. 
In my name they shall cast out devils. Now, hold on right here. Or, or we're going to bypass this for just a minute. They shall speak with new tongues. There is a, I said there's three baptisms. There's the water baptism. There's the baptism of the new birth, which is being baptized in the living water of God. There's the water baptism, which is where you're totally submerged physically. And what that is, is that, that is an outward proclamation or, out, or outward display saying, I'm different on the inside. Now I'm going to work to make the change on the outside. That's what water baptism's for. It's for public ministry. The third baptism is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yes, when you are born again, you receive a measure of the Holy Ghost, but there's a, but, and that's your initial dose of it, but there is a subsequent experience with God, and that's where you get filled and flooded on the inside to the outside with the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what the entire book of Acts is about. That's what the entire book of Acts is about. When you get born again, baptized with the Holy Ghost, you get what's called tongues. That word tongues, when you look it up in the original language, actually means a, a, a language that you obtained from a supernatural experience. It's not, it, it literally means it's a language that you cannot learn by natural means. Everybody has a tongue, everybody that's baptized in the Holy Ghost, whether you yield to it or not, has a language assigned to them that only the Father understands. And you use that language to help you pray when you know not when to what to pray. In fact, if you'll go read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, you'll actually find out that in chapter, towards the end of chapter 14, that it actually says, now check this out, it actually says, by unction of the Holy Ghost, Paul wrote, if any man says that this doctrine is not true, speaking in other tongues and operating in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, is not true, you're supposed to ignore them because God can't use them. Go read it for yourself. It's in there, I promise. They shall speak with new tongues, but only, again, only if you believe you will. Only if you go after it. Next verse. They shall take up serpents. They shall take up serpents. Does this mean that we need to start picking up poisonous snakes? No. Uh-uh. My family will tell you I am the first one when a snake shows up. I'm the first one on the six-foot invisible chair, and I'm getting the gun. Well, you don't have to have a gun. You can just take care of it with a shovel. No, sir, that's too close. Nope. We're getting the gun. We're getting, we're getting the gun, and that's just the way it's going to be. Nope, we ain't doing that. Uh, no, we don't handle snakes. Serpent here ta- it has to do, it says, they shall take up serpents. What that has to do is if a demon comes along in your life, if the devil brings something to you in your life, you will be able to handle it because Jesus has already given you the authority. Amen. Jesus has already given you his authority to tell Satan, uh, no, you're out of here, you're evicted. That's what it's talking about. Uh, and if, thou, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. What was the first thing Jesus said to do in this, in this series of scriptures? Go. Go. 
If while you're going, you come across something that is poisonous to you, this was very common in their day. They were going into a lot of unknown regions, a lot of unknown territories. Uh, they were, there were snakes in the path. There were venomous creatures in the path. There were harmful scorpions in the path. And uh, they, they were going into territories where they were having to eat weird and strange foods. And, and God, the water's not always good. And the water's not good. So the Lord said, because you're going in my power, might, and ability, should something come against you to hurt you, I'm going to protect you. This does not mean you pour, you pull out the, you know, four-week-old food out of the refrigerator and eat it and go, mm, that was yummy, and, and thank God I blessed it, nothing's going to hurt me. No. This doesn't mean that you go, well, God said I could drink something deadly and it won't hurt me, so let me just pour, pull this arsenic out from underneath the cabinet here and take me some or some rat poison and it won't hurt me. No. You are tempting the Lord your God and you will die. Uh, or be very, very sick. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Again, another sermon for another day. Let's go back to the first sign. They shall cast out devils. They shall cast out devils. Pastor, I thought we were talking about love. Oh, we're fixing to. Devils and demons are hate. Let me be very clear. Satan and his cronies, devils, demons, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, Wickedness in high places, however you want to refer to them. Uh, they are the exact opposite of God. They are the exact opposite of God. So one way to cast out demons is to walk in love. Go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Little John. Little John. Little John. So this morning, I was just thinking on the Lord, just getting ready, thinking on the Lord, taking, making food and what have you, thinking on the Lord. And uh, I saw this in the Spirit. Now, again, I'm not given to visions. Pastor Michael actually visually sees things in the Spirit. I just perceive them in my mind's eye. Uh, but what I perceived was <clears throat> a car... Uh, being pulled into the garage or pulled into the mechanic shop and being put on a lift. And I heard the Lord say this. He said, I heard the Lord just in my spirit. He said, uh, we're going to do some maintenance this morning. Have you ever gone, at, you know, has it ever been a while since you lifted the hood on your car and you lifted the hood and you found out there's been something making a nest under the hood? Or you lift up the hood and you find out, hmm, there's been some wires chewed on. Or you find out, hmm, some things have kind of shaken loose and rattled loose. Or you go to look at the battery, like, you, you know, you go to look, why is the car not starting quite as quick as it did? So you look at the battery and you find out there's some corrosion on the terminals and it's not making such a good contact. You know, see, when the car's running good, you don't look under the hood much. But how much do you know? Every once in a while, you need to put it up on the rack, and you need to give it up once over. And you need to look at it, and you need to take care of some things and repair some things and work out some things. 
So, you know, we've got the Subaru, and it's not very old, but I guess it was about a year ago. Um, something weird was going on in the car, and I, and I said to Michael, I said, I said, uh, oh, that's what it was. I had a, I had a bag of some type of granola or something because we'd been on the road a lot, and I, and I went to pull it out, and there was holes in my bag. And so I told Michael, I said, I think there's a mouse in my car. And he said, what? I said, I think there's a mouse in my car. And he said, why is that? And I said, well, I had this bag in my car, and it had some, like, granola-like stuff in it. And I grabbed my bag, and there was a hole in my bag. And it kind of looks like it's been chewed on a little bit. And he's like, well, that's weird, but it's a new car. There shouldn't be a mouse in your car. Why would there be a mouse in your car? I was like, I don't know, but I think there's a mouse in my car. So we got busy, and I didn't think about it for a couple of days. And then, sure enough, something else happened that I was like, now I know there's a mouse in my car. And he's like, no, no, there's no way. I think there was little pieces of chocolate in the cup holder. And you, and not <laughs> something, something had happened. Something had happened. Something had gotten, some, a wrapper got eaten or something. I don't know. But I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a mouse in the car. So I took a big, like one of the big tall, tall cups. And I put, and I did put chocolate or something down in the cup and I left it. Well, I came out the next morning, to, you know, and I'm like, okay, is there a mouse in my car or not? And it was a big cup, and you're thinking it's a newer car, so it can't be like anything big. It's got to be like tiny little mouse, right? You know, so it's, it's a stuck big in cup. The cup, right? So it'd be stuck in the cup. Well, I got in my car, and the and and the something had exchanged the chocolate for turds. <laughs> and I was like, I went into Michael and I said, uh, there is a mouse in my car, and if there's a mouse in my car, that means there could be a snake in my car. And if there's a snake in my car, we're getting a new car. And Michael said, oh, no, we're not doing that. And I said, well, you better find that mouse. So I drove around for, I think, two weeks with mouse traps in my car. <laughs> they were set and ready to go off at any time. We got them, too. And we got him, and we did get him. And, and, and then I took the car to the Subaru dealership, and I said, I've been driving around with mouse traps in my car because there was a mouse in my car. You need to figure out how that thing got in my car and make sure it can't ever do that again. And they were like, well, we're not sure. And I said, I'm telling you right now, you will figure out how that mouse is getting in my car and you will fix that. And they were like, yes, ma'am. And they did. And they did. So, you know, know sometimes, sometimes, well, we were talking about love and the demons. We are. How much you know that mouse was a demon? No. <laughs> but that's how demons operate in your life. They'll sneak in. They'll sneak in. They'll get. They'll find a teeny tiny little door. They'll find a teeny tiny little hole, and they'll sneak in. Well, the best way to plug up all the holes is with your love walk. Is with your love walk. So we're going to talk about some things, and we've been uh, Michael and I have been studying on it. And you know, I was looking at this, and I thought, you know, Lord, John. First uh, John 4, uh, verse 8. I thought, you know, Lord, I do need this checkup. I, 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 need, I, need, I need my wires checked. I need the bolts tightened up, clean up the battery, you know, things like that on my love walk. Let's go to verse 7. <clears throat> okay. Beloved, let us... Well, no, no, no. Just, we'll, we'll, let's do 8 and then we'll back up to 7. There's a reason. Okay. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. I want you to focus on that last three words. God is love. If God is love, 
and Satan and all of his cronies are the exact opposite of God, then Satan is hate. hate. Good job. Y'all are a good class. Good job. Okay. So, God is love. Satan is hate. So, when you operate in the things of hate, guess what you're doing? You're opening, you're serving Satan, you're opening the door to those little mices, those little rats, and you're saying, those serpents, and you're saying, oh, go ahead, come on in. I like it when you live in my house. Uh, no, I don't. No, 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 no. Now, notice he said, now let's, let's back up to verse 7. All right. Now let's back up to verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Now we just saw, because this says love is of God, and down here it said God is love. So we could read it this way. Love is God. Love is God. But he said it this way. He said love is of God. Well, if love is of God, then hate is of Satan. Satan. Woo, y'all are a good class. I like that. Good. All right. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Glory to God. So if you if you are walking in love, then you're then you then you're with God. You're born of God. So if you're born of God and God is love, then that means that you are born of love. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. All right, verse eight. He that loveth not Knoweth not God. Now, if you don't love God, or let's say it this way, if you're not born of God, then you're not born of love. And if you're not born of love, then you're born of hate. Well, I don't want to be born of hate. Now, let me give you some, what are some, what are some symptoms of hate? Worry, fear, anxiety, judgment, discrimination. Uh-oh. Anger. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, unforgiveness. If you're walking in unforgiveness, you're walking in hate. You're not walking in love. And you're not walking in love. But now, wait a minute, Pastor. I, I did the te- I, Pastor, I passed the test. I believe that Jesus was born of God. I believe that he, that he died and he rose again. I received him in my heart, not in my head. But I love God. And that's, and that's good. But if you've got unforgiveness, you're not operating or exercising the love of God in you. And, we've, and we're called to exercise it. How much do you know that God is love? When God allowed Jesus to be separated from him and come to the earth and, 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 and live on the earth for 33 years and then to be spiritually separated for somewhere in between one to three days, how much do you know in that time of separation, uh, God, I just lost my train of thought, hold on. Um, how much do you know in, in that, Holy Spirit, bring it back to me. God, talking about unforgiveness. In 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 that time of separation, and he was and he was watching what his son was experiencing. How much you know? God had an opportunity to walk in unforgiveness. How much you know? Jesus had an opportunity when he was being 
hit and smacked and having his beard pulled out and people were spitting in his face and he was being persecuted and judged for things that he did not do. And then he went to the cross. He had every right to say, Father, you see what they did to me? Father, you see what they did to me? Father, vindicate me. But what did Jesus say right before his last breath? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Amen. See, this is what we have to say. When I came into the body of Christ, when, when, when I came back into the body of Christ after 12 years of being out of the church, I had a lot of unforgiveness towards my family, and I especially towards my biological dad. I had a tremendous amount of unforgiveness towards him. And um, I just really, it was not a good relationship at all. And the first, you know what the first thing the Lord told me to do? He told me to fix my relationship with my dad. That was the first thing he said. And this was my response to the father. My response to the father was, I didn't do anything wrong. He's the one that chose to be gone. He's the one that chose to put the pressure on. He's the one that chose the beer in the pot over the children. He's the one that did this. He's the one that did that. And you know what the Lord said? He said, I don't care. I told you to forgive him. Mm. Now, did it happen overnight? No, it didn't happen overnight. The Lord had to work on me. The Lord had to work on me. And I said, but, and my argument was, but Lord, he doesn't know what he did. And the Lord said, fine, write him a letter. Now, I'm, at that point in time, writing a letter was a struggle and a half for me. But I, and, and finally, I gave in and I said, okay, Lord, I'll write the letter. I'll do it. I'll, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And so I typed it up on the computer. And the whole time I'm typing it, I'm not mailing it. I am not mailing this thing. You can forget it. I'm not mailing it. He said, I didn't tell you to mail it. I just told you to write it. Okay, I wrote it. Then he said, print it. I'm not doing it. I'm not printing it. Print it. Why? Because I made him the Lord of my life. All right, Lord, I'll print it. Now, stick it in an envelope and address it. I'm not doing that because as soon as I do that, you're going to tell me to stick it in the mailbox, and I'm not doing it. I've done got you figured out, Jack. We ain't doing this. Wasn't quite sanctified just yet. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't quite there just yet. Because that's how I spoke to the Lord. I said, I done figured you out, Jack. We ain't doing that. No, uh-uh. You said do this. I did that. You took it the next step. Now you want me sticking it on the put an address on it? I ain't doing it because then you're going to put it in the mailbox. Well, it took a few weeks, and it made it to the mailbox. And then I cringed every time my phone called and my phone rang. But in that, the Lord used that to begin to repair a relationship, and I was able to view things from a different viewpoint, and I was able to forgive because then I understood his viewpoint. See, the Lord knows how to work with you, but I had to be willing in the beginning to say, okay, Father, I see in your word where you can't forgive me for my failures if I don't forgive others. So let me work on this. Let me work on this. So Jesus had every opportunity on the cross to say, I mean, I mean, he's got two criminals on the cross on either side of him. And one's like, oh, man, you're the Messiah. The other one's like, dude, mocking him, making fun of him. And Jesus could have looked at him and said, you know what? You going to mock me and make fun of me? <laughs> to hell with you. I'm not, being, I'm not cussing. 
I'm not cussing. I'm not cussing. But that's what he could, I mean, that's a literal place. He could have said, oh, you think so? Watch this. Right? (laughs) But no, that's not what he said. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And the same is true when people treat you badly today. When people have treated, if you are a victim of abuse, you need to forgive them because you know not. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know. They didn't understand. And the reality is, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not making excuses for the people by any means because they're the ones that surrender to the demons. But people that abuse other people, in the moment of abuse, they're under the control of demonic influence. And so in that moment, they are not themselves. Now, does that mean that they're not accountable for what they did? Oh, no, they're accountable. Do I think that criminals shouldn't have to pay the price? No, I, I believe it. Honestly, let me just be real honest. I support the death penalty. Let me be real honest. God created the death penalty to protect society. And the way our government is set up, it's set up to protect the innocent. And by the time you get to that point, by the time you get to that point, you've had a lot of opportunities to back out of that situation. And if you will surrender to God, God can get you out of that situation. Okay? But does that mean that I don't forgive those people of those crimes? No, I forgive them. And, I, and my prayer, my heartfelt prayer is, Father, may they come to know the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. May that person make eternity in heaven. Father, show them your gracious love. Show them your goodness. Show them your kindness. Show them because I don't care how bad they are in this life. Nobody deserves eternity in hell. Amen. Now, had you asked me that 15, 20 years ago, could I have done that? I've been walking with Jesus since 2020, since 2000. So 20, had you asked me that 23 years ago, would I have told you that that's how I feel about those people? No, I would have said, they made their decision. Let them face it, here and in eternity. But see, something happened in me. I became acquainted with the love of God. I became one with the love of God. And because of the love of God, I'm not looking at people's present situation. I'm looking at people's eternal situation. And I don't want anybody going to hell. Because nobody deserves it. Now, now some will say, now, now, Pastor, you can't judge people. You know, the Bible says you've got to love everybody. It means you've got to love their sin, too. No. No. God doesn't love our sin. He loves yep. us, but and he and he but he made a plan for us, and he made he made provision for us to get out of sin. He still he will send laborers into our path to help us to to get out of sin, to help us to turn aside. He'll, he'll he's written this Bible. He's yeah. written this Bible so that we know how to get out of sin. He's made a plan and in a way for us to get out, and he wants us to get out. Good the Bible time. clearly says. Jesus clearly says many times, go and sin no more. Yeah. If, if that wasn't possible, he wouldn't have said it. 
Because it wouldn't be fair. Glory to God. So, so it is possible. Now, so, but you're sitting there still going, but pastor, you, you can't judge them. It says, says discrimination is wrong. I'm not judging them. I'm judging, judging the their actions. Judging and, the and, and no, I, I still love them. God still loves them. But they still need to change their way. God, you know why God did all this for us? Because he loves us. He wants us to stop sinning because he loves us. He made a plan because he loves us, and he knew that we were going to have trouble with this. Yeah. yeah. So he Glory made a plan, but he still wants us to stop it. Before Why does he want us to stop it? Because he doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Right. Glory to God. If, if, if I love you, I should correct you if, I, if you have an ear to hear. If you don't have an ear to hear, I can't correct you. But if you have an ear to hear, I must correct you. Otherwise, I don't love you. If God doesn't correct you, he doesn't love us. He doesn't love us. So God is always correcting us. God always has a handout for us to pull us out of the fire, but we have to grab a hold of it. That's right. And then when you grab, grab a hold of it and get you safely out of the fire, he's going to say, okay, next time, let's do this different. So when you, when you see sin... And you know it's sin, you have to, if, if you have the opportunity, you should say something about it. In love. In love. For those that have an ear to hear it. You know, I mean, not everybody does. And, 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 and that's just the way the world is. But if, if, if there's an opportunity, you should be saying something. Because Glory if you God. don't, you're not walking in love. That's right. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's probably the hardest thing that, about the Christian walk. Is, is because you don't nobody wants to do that. And here's the deal: don't jump because because I don't want people going in the ditch. I don't want somebody going down here to Walmart, seeing somebody in sin, and going, "Hey, brother, I love you. You're sinning. You're going to hell. Don't do that. Oh Lord, don't do that. And if you do that, don't tell them you came to disciples' house. Lord, don't tell them that. Uh, no. Uh, or or, or <laughs> hey, hey, sister, I love you, but you need to put some clothes on. Yeah, don't be that way. No, 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 no. Why don't you start with your Christian? friends right learn how to learn how to tell the truth in love learn how to correct in love learn how to do it within the church before you do it out there in the world because you make a mess oh lord no 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 uh no we want to love one another in truth but really the first place you need to start with your love walk is with yourself yep that's the first place you need to start with yourself. And when, and when it comes, when you hold on, when you see yourself stepping into sin, you need to love yourself enough to say, um, "Robbie, what are you doing? Don't you know that's against God? Don't you know that's going to open the door to the devil? Don't you know that's going to bring sickness and disease to your life?" Uh, okay, yeah, I guess I ought to love myself today. And not do that. All right, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Ghost correcting me. Thank you, Father God, for giving me the wisdom to know I need to just back off of that situation. Love yourself. Love your. Listen to me. This is the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. If you've got people in your life that are leading, that are leading you into sin, love yourself enough to get away from them. Amen. Come on. If you, if they are going to lead you to hell, love yourself enough to take yourself to heaven. Get away from them. I, Michael and I had people and, we had to get away from. And not only that, but your example of walking away from them is going to speak to them. They, I, don't think they didn't notice you left. And don't think they don't know why you left. That's right. 
Because they do. They know. And that is a witness into their lives. That's right. Whether they That's liked right. it or not. Right. Now, on correction, I need to correct myself a little bit. The first thing you should do with correction is you need to pray about it. Yes. You need to ask the Lord, am I the person to be doing this? You need to say, Lord, please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Send somebody into their lives to help them get it right. And if it's me, praise God, I'll do it. But if it's someone else, send them. You know, because you're not always the person for it. No. You know, no. I mean, in fact, let's I mean talk if, about... I, if I went to my brother and tried to correct him, my, my physical brother, and tried to correct him, he's not going to take it too well. It's not going to go well. He, he knows my past. Not you know, well. but but if I go to if I go to a complete stranger and start, you know, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. If I go to somebody that loves me and trusts me, they're probably gonna they're probably gonna hear me. We're, 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 let's look at a couple of scriptures about exactly how to do this. We're right here in First John four. Let's stay right here. I want to look at verse um, sixteen and seventeen first, and it's verse sixteen. John first First John four sixteen says this and we know and believed the love that god had for us god is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in god and god in him what you need to understand is until you walk in love you cannot walk in god's realm do you hear me if you don't walk in, because God is love, if you do not learn to walk in love, you cannot walk in God's realm. In other words, you're going to struggle to walk in the spirit because you're too busy over here in hate instead of love. And, and you're going to be too busy in, in Satan's kingdom instead of God's kingdom. But I want you to look at the next verse because a lot of times people won't walk in love because of fear. Because they're afraid to forgive. Well, what? Because here's the deal: a lot of people think, well, if I forgive them, then I got to return to fellowship with them. No, you don't. No, you don't. Just because you forgave them for their for what they did to you doesn't mean you got to get put yourself right back in that position to be used of them again. You mean if somebody no. runs, me over with, runs me over with a bus, I don't have to jump back under the bus? No, 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 no. You can just say, I, I, I forgive you, but I'm going to love you from a distance. I'm going to love you from a distance. Um, if, if anger, fear, resentment, any of that, any of those things of hatred, rebellion, any of that comes up, uh, it's because people are responding because they're fearful. They're, they're jumping to attack because they're afraid that they're going to get taken down. But look at verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because he is or because as he is, so are we in this world. Am I looking at the wrong one? Verse 18. Okay, verse 18 then. Well, let's, let's look at 17. Here it is our love made perfect. What that means is, is mature. That doesn't mean you never mess up in love. It means you have a mature love walk. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. If you're walking, here's the deal. If you're walking in mature love, you're walking in mature love. Everything you do is based on the love of God. Then when you get to the judgment seat of Christ, you're not going to have a bunch of unrepented sins. Nope. So you're going to be able to boldly stand up before Jesus and say, I walked in love. I, 
I ask you every day, Lord, is there any unrepented sins I need to deal with? Because I don't want anything between me and you separating us. See, if you do that, then, you know, as your love is mature, as your walk, as your love for God matures, you're going to, you're going to grow in your Christian walk, and you're not going to have the problems that the baby Christians have. Verse 18 is the one I want to get to. All right. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. If you struggle with fear, you're, you don't have a fear problem. You have a love problem. Let me say that again. If fear overwhelms you, now remind you, fear is worry, stress, concern, anxiety. All of those fall under the category of fear depression, things like that, that all falls under the category of fear. says there is no fear in love. There's no fear in the presence of God. There's no fear with God. If you're worried about something, you're worried about the outcome. Well, if you're walking with God, didn't God say he'll always give you a good outcome? If you're walking with God, didn't he say he'll command the blessing to you? If you're walking with God, did he not promise to protect you? If you're walking with God and you, everything you lay your hand to, you're doing it as though you're doing it unto Christ. Did he not say that he'll make it perfect? Yeah. So if you're walking in love towards God, then when fear tries to grip you, you can say, uh uh-uh, fear. Because see, Satan, God's kingdom runs on fear. I mean, I'm sorry. God's kingdom runs on faith and love. Satan's kingdom runs on fear. So if you're full of fear, then the kingdom of hell has got, your, got a hold of your brain and your emotions. But when you go, no, God's got this. One of my biggest things, and it's crazy because I goofed up today's dish, but it still tastes good. One of my biggest things is when we have a church meal, I'm like, Lord, I want it to taste amazing. I want everybody to love it. I want everybody to like it. I don't want to mess it up. So when I cook, I'm always like, I always, I do my part, and then I say, okay, Jesus, it's now in your hands. And we always get good results. So glory to God. But how much, you know, you can be fearful that people aren't going to like what you cook. You can be fearful that people aren't going to like the way you dress, that they don't like the way you laugh, the way you talk, fearful about not getting your work done on time, fearful of not being accepted. That's all in Satan's kingdom. God said, um, did I not already accept you? Are you not already part of the family of God? Did I not already say I was going to take care of you? Did I not already say that whatever you lay your hands to is going to prosper? Did I not already say that, you know, you have all authority, power, might, and dominion to cast out devils and demons? Did I not already? See, Jesus is, see, when you understand the lo- that God is love and that when you walk in love, you have absolutely nothing to fear, there is no fear in love. But perfect or mature love casteth out fear. So when fear comes on you, fear to make the wrong decision. Well, if you understand that the Holy Ghost is always going to lead you the right way, as long as you go with the Holy Ghost, you can't make a wrong decision. Now, if you, if you say, well, I know my spirit's leading me this way, but I'm going to go this way, you should have fear. Or at least concern. You should have fear. Because the Holy Spirit say, no, go this way. And you're like, mm, you should be fearful. 
because you're getting on the devil's territory. But if, if, if the Holy Spirit said, but if on the inside you go, I need to go this way and you go this way, you're following love and therefore there's no fear. There's no fear. There's no fear whatsoever. In fact, um, he said, perfect or mature love. See, when, you're, when, you're, when your love for God is mature, Brianna asked me, a, a, she's, she's got a decision ahead of her. And I said, honey, she said, I don't know what to do. What should I do? And I told her, I said, honey, I said, the choice is yours. I said, nobody can make this decision for you. You're either going to follow the spirit or you're going to follow the flesh. It's 100% your choice. And after I, after I got done, when she's like, well, that's pretty well what I thought. And then I went back to her later and I said, listen, I said, for me, this is a no-brainer. This is, the, no brains are required on this. Because I made the choice years ago. Whatever the Spirit says, that's the way I'm going to go. Now, does that mean that I don't have challenges to get, do I not have opportunities to get in fear? Oh, no, I pass up marvelous opportunities to get in fear weekly. The Lord will tell us. The Lord will, te- the Lord will tell us. He told us. He said, I want you to be at every one of Brother Randy's meetings that are outside of a church. Okay, Lord. Uh, Lord, that's seven meetings a year. That's, that's rough. And then COVID hit, and it was five meetings a year. Well, that took a little bit of pressure off, but not much. Well, he's ramping the meetings up. He just added Dayton. And not only did he just add Dayton, uh, but instead of us having to get there on Monday to set up Tuesday morning, you know, we get there Monday after, late Monday afternoon. We set up Tuesday morning. We do the meeting Tuesday night. Now we've got to get there early Monday, uh, which thankfully is close by, but we'd have to get in, you know, I don't know what time we're going to do setup on Monday, but we got to get there early enough to do setup on Monday because now there's two meetings on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, two on Thursday. And he said there's a good chance that he might extend the meeting while we're at the meeting. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay. I mean, we're super excited. We've been praying for it for years, super excited. But immediately your mind goes, we're going to Pigeon Forge. We're going to the Creation Museum. Now we're going to Dayton, Tennessee. And then we've got the June meeting. And then we've got camp. And then we've got... Is there a chance for fear to get in under financial pressure? Absolutely. But what did God tell us to do? Love said go. If love said go, love will provide the way. There went the fear right out the window. Why? Because love provides the way. He said because fear has... And look at this. He said, love will cast out fear because fear has torment. Many, 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 many people are tormented because they're listening to the voice of fear instead of the voice of love. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. If you are full of fear, you need to work on your love walk. You need to confess. The fruit of the Spirit is love. I, ha- I have the nature of God. I'm born, I'm born of God. God is love. God's nature is love. Therefore, I am born of love. Therefore, my nature is love. I walk in love toward every person. You need to build your love walk. You need to make some choices about your love walk. One last verse, because we're talking about how do we do this? How do we, how do we get past this? How do we correct people that are doing wrong stuff to us? Go to Matthew chapter 5. And there's a lot in here, which is why we're going to be on this for several weeks. And this sermon didn't go anything like Michael and I planned. Mm-mm. Nothing. Nope. Nothing. Not even close to what we planned. But thank you, Jesus. 
Matthew 5. Well, first of all, Matthew 5, verse 11 and 12. All right. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. In other words, they're lying about you. For my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. So if they're, if they're doing all this stuff, you're supposed to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Now why? For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. This is, the, this is Jesus speaking. And Jesus said that when men revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you, when they lie against you, because you're serving the Father God, he said, get happy and rejoice. Because you have an exceedingly great reward. Get happy. Jesus, are you crazy? Do you not know what they're doing? Do you not know what they're saying? Jesus, what do you mean, get happy? He said, listen, what is the opposite of love? Hate. And who is behind all hate? Satan. What is, when people come against you, they're coming against you because they are resisting the love of God. They're resisting love. They're not resisting you. They're not angry with you. They're not upset with you. They're resisting love. They're resisting God. And, and this behavior is no different than way back there in all of history and all of time. Jesus said, <clears throat> they've been doing this against the prophets for as long as we've been on the earth. He said, and they're going to continue to do it. They did it to Jesus. Why would they not do it to you? He said, rejoice, get happy. You mean I got to get happy when people are lying about me? Yes. You mean I got to rejoice when people are gossiping and, and talking about me behind my back? Yes. You mean when people are calling me Bible thumpers and Jesus freaks and, 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 well, they ain't no fun anymore. You know, that used to be the party house, but it ain't the party house now. Now it's the Jesus house. Now you go over there and they preach to you about Jesus. I was so excited when they bought that house because I thought, woo, we're going to have a high time now, but I don't know what happened. They got over there and got a hold of Jesus, and now every time we go, they're like, let us pray over you. Let us show you in the Word how to get out of this mess. Let us, did you know that Jesus, da, 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 what is wrong with those people? Don't they know they're messing up my fleshy fun? Yes, we do know, and it's all right. It's all right. How did you go on that? Hello, who do you think bought the party house? Hello, come on. And it changed, it changed. Now. Now, honestly, this revile and persecute and say all manner of evil against you, that's something I struggle with. <laughs> He's not lying. I watch these videos of people on TV where they're, where, where they're getting up in their face and shouting at them and, and screaming at them and calling them all kinds of names and stuff, and they're just standing there taking it. Michael's blood I don't pressure know how they do that. Roof. Michael's blood pressure goes through. I'm like, he's like, they like, do it to I'm, me, and I'm, I'm taking like, them if out. I had, if I had several hours to pray before I went out there and say, God, hold on to me, I might still not make it because my, uh, oh, I, it's, it's, it's right. I don't know. It's just hard. Well, we're gonna give you the answer. Turn. Uh, let's look at verse 44. We're going to tell you how to do it. Praise God. We're going to tell them how to do it. I need it. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Here we go. How much do you know? We're preaching to ourselves, too. Right. 
This is Jesus still talking, same sermon, and he says this, but I say unto you, love your enemy. Uh-oh, what did he say? Love your enemy. Jesus said, hate them, throw them down, stab them, kill them, man them, beat them. Did it say that? No. He said, love them. Love them. Be love them. Just love them. Give them hugs and kisses and be sweet to them. Tie them to a tree and pray for them all night long. No, he said love them. I beat the devil out of them, but anyway. Love your enemies. Woo! Come on. Lord, what, what, what do you mean love them? Well, he helps us. How much you know Jesus knows? That's a rough statement. He helps us. Look what he says. All right, so love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Bless them. Lord, you want me to bless them? You know what what it means to bless somebody? It means to give them something nice. It means to give them something good. It means to give them something that you value. It means to to treat them a little bit. That's what it means to bless them. It doesn't mean, now listen, it doesn't mean the southern. Well, just bless Bless their their darling heart. That is not what Jesus meant when he said, bless them that curse you. He did not mean that you get to walk away and go, Lord, just bless their heart. (laughs) You know, you see an anvil falling on their head when you say that. No, he said, bless them that curse you. Come on, let us. All right. Do good to them that hate you. Uh, uh, you, you want me to do what? You, 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 they hate me. You want me. Lord, they came in my house and they took my TV. And you want me to go on down to the Walmart and buy them a brand new TV? What? Yep, do good to them. They don't need the brand new TV. Lord, they got, they got yours. my TV. Okay, well, get them a DVD player and a subscription to free Internet. Oh, my Come gosh. on. Come on. Come on. Uh, I'm telling you, our love walk needs some work in this house. Come on. <laughs> Do good to them that hate you. <laughs> He's choking. I'm, I'm calling the cops. He's choking. <laughs> <laughs> and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them. Now, when that I first I, I saw this, listen, when I first saw this, when I first saw this scripture, I said, Lord, I'm going to pray for him, all right? I'm going to pray for him like David prayed for him. Lord, bust their teeth. Dry out their bones. Dig out their graves, Lord. Set them in it. <laughs> I'm going to pray like David did. And the Lord said, that's Old Testament. <laughs> oh, Jesus, come on, help me, Father. No, he said, pray for them which despitefully use you. Come on, Father. And it's not, Lord, I just blessed. uh, Father, I pray that they go to hell quickly. That's not that kind of prayer. That's not that kind of prayer. Y'all are laughing, but people pray that way. Come on. (laughs) David did. There's a reason why at the beginning. I knew I liked you, Bob. (laughs) There's a reason why at the beginning we said that Christianity is spelled W-O-R-K. That's right. That's why I said Christian is spelled W-O-R-K. Listen, pray for them to despitefully use you and persecute you. We were reading that hate. We were reading up on love the other day. And I had totally forgot about this account. Uh, you know, <laughs> a 
and we get this. We're getting less and less of it, but we get this. Oh, I don't believe. That's that church with that woman preacher, isn't it? We don't believe in women preachers. The Bible says that women are be silent in the church. Honey, they're preaching. They're talking out of ignorance of the word, but it's okay. But uh, Dad Hagen, now this was back in Depression days, and they really didn't believe in, in women in the, in the pulpit back in Depression days. And there was a woman minister down there, not far down there in Texas. And uh, this one pastor, I mean, he got up and called her by name and dogged her in, the ch- in his church. I mean, he was just hateful to her. And uh, she got to studying on love, and uh, they, they were like, what do you, the food is smelling delicious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, uh, she said they, they, they were persecuting her, and, and this minister was persecuting her, and uh, they were like, well, aren't you going to, you know, say something back to him? She said, no, I think I'm going to take him up a love offering. And she did. And she didn't just take up one. She took up several. And she took up the love offerings, and then she took it to him because she, she knew that his church was in financial ruin, financial trouble. So she, took him, uh, so she took up a couple of love offerings and took him down to the church and said, uh, you know, Pastor, we just want, our church just wanted to bless you with this. You know, we hope that it helps you. And uh, it wasn't long before all of a sudden, see, walking in love. The Word says that when you are good to them, when, when you... Uh, when you do good to those that hate you, it's like heaping coal, hot coals on their head. He, it wasn't long before he got up publicly, repented for dogging her in his pulpit, and then had her in his pulpit regularly teaching his flock because she perfected her love walk. She perfected her love walk. Smith Wigglesworth, we would not have the wonderful accounts of Smith Wigglesworth if it wasn't for his wife. If it wasn't for his wife. He got, he got real working, real busy. He got real busy. He got backslidden out of church and kind of got cantankerous and kind of gruff and said, and he got upset with his wife, Polly, and uh, said, you know, he, she was going to church and he flat told her, he said, you're down at that church all the time. And she said, now, Smith, I'm only at the church three times a week. The children are taken care of. You're taken care of. Your meals are good. The house is clean. I'm not neglecting you anyway. And he, and he, <laughs> they said it this way. They said, some men know just enough of the Bible to be dangerous. And that was Smith's point. And that's what Smith said. He said, some of us men know just enough Bible to be dangerous. He said, and he was he, talking about himself, of course. Talking about point. himself, he said that he spouted off. Well, the woman spoke. The, the man's the head of the woman, and the woman's to submit to the man. And you're the woman, and you're the wife, and you're to submit to me. And she said, "Now, Smith," she said, "You are the head of the house, and I do submit to you." She said, "But I'm to submit to the Lord. You know, you're not. Uh, you're not my master over the Lord." She said, "I take good care of you. I take care of the house. I do everything I'm supposed to do." But I'm going to the church. He said, well, the next time you go to the church, I'm locking you out. And so she went to the church. Next time it was time for her to go to church, came home, she was locked out. So she snuggled. She sat down, snuggled down at the door stoop, bundled up. It was cold, bundled up best she could, and slept on the door stoop all night long. Now, how much do you know some of us women would not do that? I'd even be challenged on that one. I'm telling I you what. I wouldn't expect my wife to I'm do that. coming in that house, I'll tell you right now. Without the love of Jesus. Without the love of Jesus. But see, she had perfected it. 
And uh, so she, she, he got up that morning. And he went to the back door, to the door, and opened the door. And uh, this is Smith's own account. He said she about fell into the kitchen because she was propped up against the door. She got up. She jumped up. Good morning, Smith. So good. To, you know, how's your morning? What you want for breakfast? Cooked him his favorite breakfast. Never said a word. Just loved him with the love of God. He said, had she not done that, I would have never had the ministry I have today. I owe everything I have to my wife other than as far as that goes. Next to the Lord. Next to the Lord. Listen, love never fails. We got to work on our love walk. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. I think that's enough for today. We can only we can only uh, receive what our rear ends can uh, endure. And our tummies are grumbling because we can smell the food. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I expect everybody to stay and eat because there's a lot of food and I'm not taking it all home. <laughs> so, yes, ma'am. Oh. Oh, my. Absolutely. So, Kennedy's the baby's name, and Courtney is the mama's name. Well, Father, let's handle that right here, right now. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we, Father, we just bring Courtney before you, Father. Father, we don't know what's going on in her body other than this baby's trying to come too soon. And so, Father, we call upon the great physician to intercede on Courtney's behalf. We command her body to settle down. We command this... Oh, Nanday. Father, I, we, I don't even know. Uh, Father, I don't even know what needs to happen in her body, but you do. And so, Father, we just ask that your hand be upon Courtney, that your hand be upon Kennedy, Father God. Father, that that baby comes into, into this life and into this world fully healthy in your timing, not in her timing, not premature, but in your timing. Father, give the doctor supernatural wisdom, revelation, and knowledge, knowing just what to do, how to slow down the progression of this, of this premature labor. And, Father, we ask that you give the doctor supernatural understanding, wisdom, and knowledge, how to help baby Kennedy, how to help Courtney, Father God. And, Father... We just thank you that the great physician is on the scene. Now, Satan, you take your hand off that baby. I recognize this as a tactic to take that sweet baby out before her time. So you release that sweet child right now in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, we thank you that the angels go to work and cause prosperity in this situation. Cause life to come forth cleanly, properly, without, without any complications. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, as we approach your word, or as we approach the tithe and the offering, Father, we sow this seed with reverence and respect. And, Father, we thank you that you provide increase to every seed sowed. Father, we thank you that you increase the ministry, that you increase the givers, and those that don't have the seed to sow, Father, we ask that you give them seed to sow. And, Father, we just bless all those that are in the house, and we bless all those that are online in Jesus' mighty name. Now, if you're here or you're online and you've never prayed and said, God, I believe Jesus died and rose again, 
and you want to pray that prayer, it's real simple. Let's pray this together, church. And if you've never done this, but you want to do it from your heart, do it now. Let's say this together. Father God. Father God. I see in your word. I see in your word. That it says. That it says. If I confess with my mouth. If I confess with my mouth. And believe in my heart. And believe in my heart. That Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ. Your son. Your son. Was raised from the dead. Was raised from the dead. I shall be saved. I shall be saved. So Father. So Father. I do believe. I do believe. That Jesus was your son. That Jesus is your son. That you raised him from the dead. That you raised him from the dead. And Father. And Father. I receive him right now. I receive him right now. Into my heart. Into my heart. Not with my head. Not with my head. But with my heart. With my heart. I do believe. I do believe. And I do receive him. And I do receive. And I thank you. And I thank you. For washing away my sins. For washing away my sins. Making me clean. Making me clean. And Father, and Father, I commit, I commit from this moment forward, from this moment forward, to go to work, to go to work, to become a disciple, to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen, Amen. Y'all may serve the people if you prayed that for the first time, or you, you know, uh, reach out to us. Let us know if you're online. We'll help you get hooked up to a good church. You need a church family. You, you, know you need forgot. a pastor. You forgot to bless the food. Well, why don't you bless the food? <laughs> All right, Lord, we thank you for this uh, food which we're about to receive. I'm sure that it will be wonderful and it will be good. Please bless it for the nourishment of our bodies and, and our bodies to your service. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Uh, you were dismissed. Give us just a few minutes to get everything.